Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I don't know if this is your first show or if it's episode number 393, but I've been doing this show for four years. We're closing in on 400 episodes, and it's just getting more exciting. We're just having uh, more fun with the people who we interview. We're getting more tidbits and really nuggets of information that they're sharing, and i uh, I started this show so that I could have access to interviewing some really cool people. I thought I was going to do 50 interviews, and now we're 400 shows deep into cool things entrepreneurs do, and we're not slowing down anytime soon. Now, before I get started with today's show, we have a brand new sponsor here at Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So many of you offer physical products to your fans and your customers, and dealing with all that physical stuff and mailing it out and getting it printed... That can be a pain, and it can steal your precious time. Well, my friends at Amplifier blend order fulfillment, screen printing, and on-demand production into a single-service platform that you control. They can integrate with your e-commerce shop and help you drive giveaway campaigns. They're great for big internet powerhouses and entrepreneurs who are just starting out. On-demand means no inventory risk. But as you grow, you can stock up on inventory, and Amplifier will handle that for you, too. Go to amplifier.com slash cool things, and you can sign up there. And I got to tell you, I have the shirt that says, try new things, because that's one of my big messages that I tell everybody. And I printed a single shirt, and I've been wearing it around, and people have been stopping me going, where do I get that shirt? And so I'm actually working with Amplifier to get that product printed and to get it shipped out to people who want the Try New Things shirt. So uh, if you're interested in that, go ahead and contact me. I don't have it all set up yet, but they have been great to work with. Speaking of great to work with, today's guest is somebody who I met at the New Media Summit a year ago, and I've kept in touch with him. He interviewed me on his podcast. Uh, We've kept in touch. I see him all over social media. The guy is one of the most scheduled people I've ever met. He is active duty in the military, and he is a serial entrepreneur who is doing a bunch of things. So let's welcome Sean Douglas to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks, buddy. I'm happy to be here. Hey, Sean. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we thought we were going to have you on the show right after I was on your show last fall, and we never did that. So it took us a year, but here you are. <laughs> here we are, yeah. Um, you know, like you said, we met at New Media Summit, and uh, I loved keeping in contact with you and following your uh, your journey over the past year of speaking and, and all that. And, you know, I just love what you're up to. So, Sean, let, tell us a little bit more about what you do. I did not do you justice. So, who is Sean Douglas, and and what do you do that's cool? Sure. So, uh, yes, I'm uh, active duty Air Force. I've got three years to go before I retire at a full 20-year career. Uh, I've built multiple businesses while serving on active duty status. I'm currently a speaker trainer, mentor. I'm a master resilience implementer for the Air Force, and I also host two-day resilience boot camps business strategist, host of Life Transformation Radio, and I'm an author. So how does one have a full-time military career and be a speaker? I mean, I I speak, you know, 70 times this year, but uh, I'm on the road a lot. How do you get the time? How can you make that all work? Yeah, so the number one rule of success is to schedule everything. 
everything in your life needs to be scheduled. And so in the military, we get two and a half days of leave every month. So if you don't use them over a year's uh, time, then you get 30 days of leave. So what I do is I either take the two and a half days on like a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever, or schedule it way in advance where I can be off work for, let's say, a week. Mostly I speak on the weekends because with my job, I don't really work weekends unless I absolutely have to. We've got a big troop movement. Something's going on. But most of the time I don't work weekends. So most of the speaking engagements that I have is on the weekend. So it's interesting, though, because there's a lot of people, there's a lot written about and a lot talked about, and I volunteered to help some different groups of ex-military people who are trying to transition from the military into the corporate world, whether that's getting a job or that is uh, becoming an entrepreneur. And yet, uh, you're doing it the way you started while you're still there, so that transition should be easier. How come more people aren't entrepreneurial while they're in the military? Well, because I think that the life revolves around the military. Yes, we deploy, you know, like I missed, uh, you know, Earlier this year, you know, New Media Summit back in April, um, you know, we had a troop movement. We had to go. I was like, sorry, guys, you know, I, I have to leave. It happens. But they take this as this is my full life and I'm working 12, 14, 16 hours a day. But you don't have to do that. A lot of guys will volunteer and spend the most amount of time they can in uniform. I just I was never that guy. I did my time as much as I needed to, as much as the boss told me to, the commander say, hey, we doing that. Like I fully committed 1000 percent, but I'm not just volunteering on every troop movement that goes out to the desert or everything that happens on the weekend. I'm not volunteering for every single thing. Some guys do. I just choose not to. So I believe that they're so wrapped up in the military life that they don't have room for anything else. And that's why military members have such a high divorce rate. Yeah, because you're also married and you have kids. And so you're, yep. you're really juggling three worlds. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it really, I really struggled with it um, when I built my second business and I was a drill instructor. I would wake up at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. I'd go to work because the, the trainees woke up at 4.45. And then I wouldn't get home till 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. But I still managed to start building another company, but I had employees, they were running it. I would just oversee it. My wife was helping me. So I had people around me helping, but that was really a test of patience and, and fortitude. So that's how I, I just learned to schedule everything. So what do you think led you to wanting to have these entrepreneurial ventures while you still had a full-time job? Why, why the side hustle? What was, what was that spark inside you? <laughs> so... The first one that I built was it ended up being an entertainment company. I was literally DJing bars and clubs and having fun. And, and then somebody asked me, he's like, well, do you weddings? Do you do this? Do you do that? And the only thing I really haven't done is a bar mitzvah. I've never done one, but I've done quinceaneras. I've done all this other stuff. And that led, I was like, hey, this is cool. Like I can make this a thing. And like within three to four years, we're producing conferences. We're doing wedding video, photography, sound, like the whole, I mean, we're putting on shows, you know, and, uh, and it was super fun. And I was like, I love this entrepreneur stuff. My mom's an entrepreneur, owns her own business. My uncle owns his own business. My sister, my aunt, like I just come from an entrepreneurial family. So I don't know, maybe it's in the blood or something. Um, that's what really led me was I was into it. And I was like, this is fun. And then I think that I can do things better sometimes, or I think I can do things differently sometimes, especially in the military. I don't think it should go that way. I think we should do it this way. No, I, and I have these really good ideas, but if you're not up in the food chain high enough, you get squashed. But if you're your own boss, 
you lead the ship, you make the decisions, and then you can do what you feel is right while taking account of your people and, and, and what they think. If that makes any sense. Sure. Well, absolutely. And, you know, in, in listening to you, you get all excited, both in person and while <laughs> we're talking here on, on this interview, you get all excited about entrepreneurship and speaking and making things happen. And, uh, you know, your, your show, your podcast is called Transformational Life or Life Transformation. And yet, you're pretty open with the fact that you haven't always been this upbeat, that you, you've dealt with some rough times. And I think sometimes when we see successful people in whatever stage of their career, whether they're successful in the military, successful in a company, or successful as an entrepreneur, we don't often get to that point where we see sort of the dark side. But mm. you've, been, you've been pretty open with that. Do you want to share a little bit with the audience of sort of, sort of the, down, the downside that you experienced in life? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, you know, so... It started kind of with my childhood. It was a rough childhood. Alcohol dominated domestic violence household. Uh, wasn't ra- like I wasn't tucked in at night and read bedtime stories. Like that wasn't my childhood. I watched my mom beat many times. Uh, my older sister and I were physically abused. So it was just that sort of life kind of takes a toll on you. And as a man, we're supposed to bury it down. We're not supposed to cry. We're not supposed to show emotion and, and, you know, go away if you're going to cry, all that stuff. So I joined the military because I really didn't have a purpose. I was in high school working at discount tires, a warehouse manager. I never really had a purpose. And then nine 11 happened. And I was like, Oh, this is my purpose. I'm supposed to go into the military. This is it. Well then, you know, I always loved music, got into DJing just by happenstance, got into it, spent a lot of time in bars and clubs. Then I started drinking and then it was like all downhill from there. You know, I spent a lot of time in bars and clubs DJing, getting free drinks, and, and you know, I started abusing alcohol. And then after that first business, I, I moved, the military moved me, so I exited that business. I was on a downward spiral, and I just continued and continued down this downward spiral. And I, I was floundering and failing at everything that I did, and I didn't know, because I, I always... I was meant to build Apple or build a car or the light bulb. Like I always thought that I was destined for greatness, but everything around me was garbage and failure. And and it just, it was bad. So in 2008, I tried to take my life. Hmm. I wasn't going anywhere. My wife and I were getting divorced. Uh, I I was abusing alcohol to the point where the military was going to kick me out. I went through alcohol and drug uh, abuse programs uh, they made me go through these and, and I was kind of going through it. I just, I didn't, I had an, I don't care attitude. So I'm sitting there with the gun in my mouth and people are calling me and calling me and calling me and people are coming over to the house and they're, like, they're showing me that they care. And I just unloaded everything that I was feeling. And they're like, dude, we're going to get you some help. We're going to get you some help. What transitioned for me was that people showed that they cared. And then as I was getting therapy and working through my childhood demons, I then found out that I'm good at this coaching and training and, and th- like I can do this because I'm helping other people in my situation. And then I became a drill instructor for basic training and that unlocked the passion and purpose for speaking. I never knew existed, hmm. never knew that I'd be good at it. And so from 2009 to 2013, I was a drill instructor and I was speaking and training and doing all that. And I loved it. And that has been my fuel ever since 2009, 2010 that has been my fuel. So I do think it's cool that you do sort of share sort of those demons and, and that dark side, because a lot of people gloss it over yet. I think we all struggle at some time with, with feelings of, of whatever that, that can be very, very heavy. So do you think that entrepreneurship 
and, and getting involved in speaking and growing your business and doing the things that you do, do you think that helped you come out of that dark time? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It gave me a purpose, like a deep why, because I never really had a why for what I did. You know, even with the first, even with the first business I built, it was just, it was out of a passion. Like I love music. I love DJing. I love drinking in bars. Like let's do that. I get, I get wasted at weddings, you know, DJing. And I had a videographer, photographer, like, like we were all just, I don't know, we were just party animals, you know? So, but we still did our job and I look back, I'm like, man, things could have went really bad. <laughs> like things could have went so bad, but luckily they did it. But I look at that and I'm like, man, that was super dumb and foolish. And, but I never had a why I just, something that I love to do and that was good enough. But now I have a deep connected why, and I'm more passionate about what I do now than anything else I created. So what advice do you have for someone who's listening to this interview and they're thinking, oh my God, he, he's talking directly to me. I, I need to get more involved with whatever their why is when it comes to business. If someone wants to start a side hustle, maybe they have a job like that they're tied to for a while, either through a commitment like the military or you know they need to pay the mortgage. What advice do you have for somebody who has that pull towards entrepreneurship who wants to go off on their own? Do something that you absolutely love. Find a way to monetize it. That's the, that's the best advice I can give. Of course, get a mentor along the way. My second business I created was buying storage units at auction like a storage wars. And I was doing this in 2000, uh, a little bit 2010, but mostly 2011, 2012, 2013. This is what I was doing. And I we built a major business buying storage units at auction and antique store, but it was something that was so fun and I loved doing it. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine doing anything else until it was time to close and we moved to another duty location, but find something that you absolutely love and then put full energy into it as much as you can. That is what's going to set yourself up for success. So, one of the things I talk about a lot is sort of the gap that exists between potential and success. So a lot of mm. people, they start a business, they get excited, or they hire a new employee, and they think, oh my gosh, she has so much potential. And then a year later, things aren't working out. Why do you think some people are able to get farther across that natural gap that exists between the potential at the beginning and the results people get? I mean, some people go far across, some mm -hmm. people flail. Why do you think mm -hmm. people succeed? What gets people across that gap? So there's two things. There's one, it's a fight or flight. So when things get hard, do you push through or do you just run away and quit? So there's a fight or flight aspect to success that isn't really talked about. And the second thing about realizing your full potential is the belief that you have because our decisions are based on thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. So if you believe that you can do it and you can feel that you can do it, you're going to be more successful than someone who isn't quite sure. I'm not sure if this is for me. I'm kind of like on the fence a little bit, like they're just going to fall off. So based on your fight or flight response to stress and negativity and adversity and having systems and strategies in place to push yourself over those humps, that is the determining factor. I think that, no, I think you're right. I think that's a, that's a good piece of advice. So Sean, I've got a couple more questions for you, but first Absolutely. I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right training, equipment, 
and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Sean Douglas. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, Sean, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest thing you're doing right now? The coolest thing I'm doing right now is with the speaking and training, I hold two-day resilience boot camp where we take 30 people through an intense resilience training. There's 11 skill sets that, that I teach and I have other trainers come in and we teach things like mindfulness, gratitude, spirituality, uh, interpersonal problem solving. And we capitalize on your fight or flight and the strengths that you possess. And then we build that up so that you can overcome anything that comes across. So how did people find out about that? Yeah, so you can go to my website, www.thesuccesscore, C-O-R-P-S, thesuccesscore.com. I hold these boot camps four times a year. I can travel to you or you can come to us. Uh, we can have a conversation and see what that looks like. So I love to ask the people who come on this show, who in the world of entrepreneurship and sort of the entrepreneur sphere, if you will, who is it that they see that they think, hmm, I admire that person. He or she, they're doing cool stuff. Well, I'm not sure if you've heard of him, but this guy's name uh, that I really look up to is uh, Tom Singer. Oh, smart ass. Uh, I, I think he's doing really cool things. Uh, but no, dude, that's I totally what we, that's look what, up. Wait, wait, wait. That's what we call pandering to the host. But please, please, <laughs> please keep but going. I, but keep going. <laughs> please keep going. Um, no, I totally love what you're doing. Uh, I'm a big fan of the show. It's an honor beyond the show. Love what you're doing. Uh, you know, I, I follow Gary V. I follow Grant Cardone a little bit, um, but some really cool, maybe not so known people uh, that I've been following recently, you know, are guys like, uh, you know, like Steve Olsher. I follow his stuff. Um, I'm following this guy, Robert Garcia, who is transitioning from the military to, um, you know, he's big entrepreneur. He's transitioning from the military to the civilian world. Um, Jocko, if you don't know who Jocko is, um, Navy SEAL guy, motivational speaker, powerful speaker. I've been following his stuff for a little bit. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of military entrepreneurs, you know, from like Black Rifle Coffee and uh, a couple other military entrepreneurs that, that I've been following recently. So. I kind of have a thing for following the people who aren't the sort of guru class, as I call them, the, yeah. the Grant Cardones or the Gary V's. I mean, they're fine. They've got a good information. But I, I think one of the problems is when we start following people who are four, five, six, four hundred rungs above us on the ladder, then mm. we just sort of worship them. We don't really learn what they're doing. I, I remember a few years ago, I won't say who, but there was somebody kind of in the Internet you know, a guru area who everybody's like, oh, I want to be like him. The problem was you can't go and do what he did because the internet has changed and Twitter has changed. Mm -hmm. And so people are like, oh, I want to be just like him. Well, you can't follow the same path. The, the path has been obliterated and it's all different. And so sometimes if we follow people who are too far ahead, 
I don't think we we actually uh, can learn as much as if we're looking to people who are just a little farther down the path. So some of these people you named, uh, I know who some of them are, and I think that's great because that's stuff you can learn from and you can reverse engineer either what are they doing now or what did they do six months or a year ago. Whereas you, right. if you you know if you look at Grant Cardone. You know, he's controversial in my mind anyway, but if you look at him, you know, the problem is you can't recreate what he did and how he did it. So it's it doesn't leave uh, the, the clues the way people who are just uh, sort of sort of ahead of you in, in the path. So I, I admire all those people you named out. Yeah, there's one guy, uh, Christopher Lockhead. His show is called Legends and Losers. It's an amazing podcast. And uh, I've gotten to know him over the past year and he's got a called play bigger and uh i've been really deep involved in his stuff in the past year and to reverse engineer like you just said it, it really does it really does work if you take what he's done and just walk the steps backwards it's easily implemented he leaves it all out on the table for you to follow really great guy so sean i always ask the people who come on the show what is it that you do to give back to the greater good because i think as entrepreneurs we have to do more than make money I think we sort of have an obligation to, to make society better. So I love to find out what the guests on this show do because it's always something cool. So what I do to give back to the greater good is I'm heavily involved in the suicide awareness in my communities and over you know online, social medias and all that. Uh, I work with different places to host uh, out of darkness walks. There's like a national foundation foundation of suicide national suicide foundation anyway they hold with red cross they hold like these uh out of darkness walks is what it's called and september is suicide awareness month uh i do a lot of work in the month of september to make sure that these happen and to reach out to those who have been affected by suicide to those who have attempted suicide uh because it's near and dear to my heart because this is kind of the tribe that i'm in is the attempted suicide labeling whatever and so the way I give back is I'm a suicide a certified suicide awareness trainer. And um, I get a lot of phone calls. Like, hey, can you talk to this one kid? Hey, can you talk to this one person? Hey, this person's doing this. Hey, can you talk to... And so people call me just to talk to somebody I've never met and uh, and talk them off a wall or talk them down and, and really let them know that you are loved and you are good enough and to change their path. Wow, I think that that I think that's awesome. I've I've only been affected by that one time. Uh, the son of a good friend uh, committed suicide, and and the the, wow. rip, the ripple effect from his mm. actions, you know, I mean, hit you know so many people. And I, you know, the other thing is, is I've been really big. I read an article a year ago by uh, Vivek Murthy, the former uh, Surgeon General of the United States, and it was called "The Epidemic of Loneliness." And he talked about how never before in our society have people felt more alone even in this world of connectivity. And that's something that hit really close to home to me. And so I'm always trying to remind people that the small things, you just have to, you know, so many people feel invisible. Even the extroverts feel invisible. And sometimes we have to stop and, and see people. Absolutely. It, it's amazing to me because I'm in kind of the, and you and I are both in that influential space, right? And we meet people that are also influential that across a computer screen, they look like they got it all together. And then you have a conversation with them and they're struggling mentally. You know, I, I battled imposter syndrome at one point. I got a TEDx talk and I, I battled imposter syndrome. Why would I ever be able to deliver a TEDx talk? That's I'm nobody, you know, but there's those around me that say, dude, you are good enough and you can do this. Oh, heck, I and did so one. I, I did one. Anyone can do one. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, it just, you never know what people are battling with. You never know what people are struggling with. You think they got it all together and they look amazing. And then you really get to know them and they're battling themselves. So it just, it, it makes it a little more human. Well, and, and, you know, while I asked before if, if entrepreneurship can help, I also think that sometimes entrepreneurship can hurt because I think it can be very lonely because sometimes if you're the first person in your family ever to have gone down this path, you, you'd feel unsupported and, and very alone. And so I, I think that, you know, what can be the, the, the cure for some of that loneliness can also be the cause, don't you think? Absolutely. One thousand percent. We're just another breed. You know, I know people that are like, oh, no, I just take a nine to five. I'll just now work for somebody. And I'm, just, no, I'm, I'm comfortable like that. But it just takes another level of mindset to build something yourself without a security net. It takes a different level of mindset and commitment and energy to be an entrepreneur and to fully commit to this. And some people are built for it and some people aren't. And the ones that really think that they're built for it sometimes come to find out that they struggle a lot. Pride, I don't know what it is. Maybe they don't want to buy a mentor. They don't want to invest. Self-limiting beliefs. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the thing I always try to remember, like you said, from the outside looking in, some people look like they're crushing it, right? I think that when I talked about this recently on another episode, that, you know, Facebook is like the never-ending Christmas letter. You remember getting those Christmas letters, uh, (laughs) you know, I guess we still get them and with Christmas cards at the holidays and and people write about all the glowing, wonderful stuff that's happening in their family and they never talk about Bobby's drug drug arrest or Sally running away from home or whatever the hard things they're dealing with. So all we see is the picture-perfect family and matching sweaters. And we think, oh, my family must suck because, you know, we, we don't have that. And, you know, I think now with Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and Snapchat, for the most part, all we see is these pretty pictures of everybody. And from the outside looking in, it can look like everybody else has this glorious life. And I think that can put a lot of pressure uh, on each of us individually. So I think that that's, that's hard, too. Yep, 100%. Absolutely agree. You know, there's a lot of these Facebookpreneurs, you know, who've really never owned a business, but they're so crushing it and come to find out they haven't even gotten one client. Okay. Now you're going to get me started because I know that you, <laughs> I know that you speak also, and there's a ton of people out there who have how to get rich as a speaker courses uh, who've never yeah. made any money as a speaker. It's, you know, be, be a six figure speaker or, or you know, make $40,000 a speech. They've never done it. But they right. Facebook the crap out of their, their advertising, and you know there's only a few people out there who are teaching uh, the real career of speaking who I think have any legitimacy to it, and a lot of them out there are frauds. So you, you touched on my button with those Facebook preneurs yeah. who are like, oh, look at me, and the only person getting rich off of their course is them because they're selling the course. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yep, I, I've I've bought a couple of them. Like, oh, this looks great, and I'm like, I I literally I probably could have Googled this or YouTube did or. Just ask my mentor. I mean, right. Or a lot of it is is outdated. I mean, the business has changed oh, drastically God. in the last five years. One hundred percent. Yep, you're right. One hundred percent. I just I don't know why people like. I was at an event earlier this year, and this guy comes up to me, he's like, "Man, amazing speech! I'd love to mentor you." I'm like, "Well, I already have a mentor." He's like, "Well, who's booking you? Who's your agent? Who's like?" Well, I book my own. I mean, I don't need somebody to book my own. I mean, I booked this event, got paid, you know, well, and. He's like, oh, man, I do this all the time. I was like, who's your past clients? Well, I can't really reveal that. I'm like, okay, well, how much do you charge? (laughs) Well, it just depends. I'm like, okay, yeah, no. Um, How many stages have you been booked on? 
how many stages have you booked? And he couldn't answer those. I'm like, yeah, how old are you? 23? Like, no. I'll well, the same, the same thing is true in the, in, the, in the podcast world. I recently spoke at the Los Angeles chapter of the National Speakers Association, and we talked about podcasting for speakers. And I said, look, this is not a how to start a podcast, and this is not a how to get rich and make money off your podcast. This is, you know, how to use the podcast as another piece of, you know, your, yep. your credibility and your content uh, distribution, et cetera. And afterwards, people were like, this was fantastic. It was so great. And because it was just honest, it was like, you know, here's mm -hmm. here's where, you know, it's helping my business and here's where it's not. And other people might tell you something else. But, you know, I, I don't make a lot of money because I don't go out and say, hey, you can get rich. Pay me. Pay me to tell you how, because that would be a lie. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, if somebody wants to start a podcast, I tell them how. If you want to get sponsors, I tell you how because these are the things that I and when I normally like 100% mentor because I mentor speakers, I mentor entrepreneurs and business owners. And I tell them like, this is what I do. This is what I know other people have done. But I always and they'll ask me a question. Well, what do you think about this? I'm like, I've never done it. I don't know if it works, but let me find someone that has. Right. And so if I don't know the answer, I'll find someone that's been doing it and I'll find the answer. Well, I think another, find the pathway. I think another problem is we spend too much time trying to emulate the outliers rather than mm. the mass of people who are finding success, you know, and it's like, oh, well, the outlier did it this way. And it's like, well, there's one. Yeah, right. So before we go, any other last pieces of advice for the audience of cool things entrepreneurs do? You know, if I had to give any last words about that right there, the cool things that entrepreneurs do go above and beyond. Like, don't live in the reality of what other people think about you. Do whatever it is that makes your heart sing. If you want to do something absolutely crazy and everybody tells you it's crazy, do it anyways. At least if you fail, you can say, I tried, I did it, didn't work, next. You know, like, don't live a life of regret and definitely don't live in the reality of what other people think about you or what you should do. Do your own thing. Worry about your own life and just crush it. And I say it all the time. Try new things because if you're not getting, if you're doing the same stuff and you're getting the same results, well, duh, go out and try something different. Shake it up a little bit. Absolutely. Hey, Sean, thank you so much for being on the show. If somebody needs to find out more information about Sean Douglas, can you again tell us where your website is and how they can find you? Absolutely. Uh, my website is www.thesuccess.com core c-o-r-p-s the success core.com and i'm only on facebook and linkedin i don't do any of those other weird <laughs> social medias i'm only on facebook and linkedin look me up and uh, i have a facebook group called the success core love to have you in it i tell you we're missing you on instagram though yeah <laughs> i'm hard-headed <laughs> All right. Well, Sean, thank you so much for being a guest. And I say it every time. Thank you to those of you who tuned in and listened. If it wasn't for the audience, I wouldn't have a show. So uh, if you like the show, go tell a friend. The number one way that people find cool things entrepreneurs do is they tell me a friend told them to listen. So go out there and tell somebody else. If you like the show, jump over to iTunes or wherever you listen and leave a review. That's always nice. And uh, go ahead and contact me, Tom at TomSinger.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Cool Podcast. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Sean. I know you're thinking, is that possible? but we always seem to do it. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm going to challenge you. Go on out there and do your own cool things and have a great day. 
Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.